Hi, and welcome everybody to Foul Puck. A sp- uh, podcast is what we are, not a sports ball about podcast. I mean, we could be that. That soon. would be an interesting, um, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. I am Rachel. I'm your baseball guru. And to my right is... I'm Nancy. I'm a uh, basketball uh, aficionado. I don't know. Maybe that's overstating things. Also, I dabble because I have the attention span of a hamster. So. <laughs> And uh, over on the other coast, the correct coast, as I like to call it, <laughs> oh, uh, this, is Rebecca. <laughs> this is West Rebecca. This is Rebecca. I'm your. Yeah, but East Coast, right coast. East Coast, least coast. <laughs> oh, that's what I... you say? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, I'm Rebecca. I am um, the hockey person, and I am occasionally the stand-in football person when yeah. news happens when uh, football news breaks i get Brittany to text me about it so that i can talk about it here thanks Brittany. <laughs> yeah she's good okay we'll have a little bit of all of that for you today uh first i'm going to get into uh this week's unwritten baseball rule and uh, last time I talked a little bit about stealing bases, so I'm going to continue it this week with don't steal bases when your team's far ahead or far behind. So we talked about stealing bases last week, specifically to not do when you've got two outs. Well, here's another time when you shouldn't attempt to steal a base, when there's a large gap in the score. Whether you're ahead or behind, stealing is verboten. When you're behind, it kind of makes sense. Most of the time, one base isn't going to make that big of a difference, meaning that it's generally not worth the risk of getting the out. Of course, huge reversals in the score are always possible, particularly since there aren't any time limits in baseball. Psychologically speaking, though, it can be hard to pursue an aggressive strategy when you're 10 runs back. Believe me, I've played softball, I know. (laughs) (laughs) However, there's really no strategy to refusing to steal bases when your team's got a big lead. It, like many of the other unwritten baseball rules that hang on the etiquette peg, are more about not rubbing it in than anything else. I gather that most sports have unwritten rules about not padding your individual stats when your team's up, but it's kind of woven into the culture of baseball. There's truly an odd number of rules that pertain to sparing the other team's feelings. If you're going to proudly assert that there's no crying in baseball, then what role, if any, should your opponent's feelings factor into your strategy? How does that square with some of the weird machismo that dominates other parts of the game? I don't have answers to these questions, but I wish, wish we could have some frank conversations about them. For now, we'll just have to accept the paradox that is playing your best, but not all the time, and digging deep, <laughs> but not too deep, to win. And if you're going to steal second while your team's ahead, at least do it with some flair. And them's the rules. That's that's really fascinating. I don't know if either of you guys follow any sort of um, professional cycling. Um, no, not at all. That's one of my weird sports that I love, um, like the spring and summer when, when all of the mm-hmm. major races are happening and the Tour de France mm-hmm. is happening. That's like peak Rebecca time. Um, <laughs> but the whole idea of do your best, except for sometimes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a very uh, prominent in cycling like culture, right? Yeah. So in the is Tour de France... Like a uh, like a very gentlemanly. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in the Tour de France, you know, you're racing for six hours at a time or more, depending on the depending on the day. You know, you're racing mm-hmm. for three weeks. Well, maybe you don't know. I shouldn't say that. The Tour de France is a three week race, and you race every single day for six to ten hours or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there are times when the the cyclists have to eat and drink along the route 
to keep up their energy. Yes, yes. So this also means they have to stop and pee. And and so one of the like gentlemanly things that they do in the sport is when a competitor stops to pee, if it's one of the guys who's really contending for winning, the other the other cyclist will not like push ahead and attack at that moment because he stopped to pee. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why that's the example that comes to mind. (laughs) That's fascinating, though. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, I feel like this whole concept is part of this whole, like, quote-unquote good sportsmanship behavior, right? Mm -hmm. And we see this, like, I'm thinking about, I was playing the board game with my partner last night, and it was the first time either of us had played it, and it turns out... And you were beating him so badly. Well, actually, yes. And I had an opportunity, you know, we're getting to the end of the game, and I had the opportunity to pick a card that, like, I could have gotten it. It might have meant that I could take even more of his fake money. And I didn't do it, because it seemed mean, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm, you know, shocker alert here, actually rather fond of my partner, and I do actually live with him, and I didn't actually want him to have a bad time <laughs> playing That's this novel. game. I know, right? It's the, <laughs> I know it's an unusual stance, but like, that's where I am. Uh, it gives me hope, so though. This, <laughs> oh, I'm so but it's this moment of like, you know, it's that cost-benefit analysis, right? Like, I was already very likely to win. It wasn't a done deal, but yeah. the odds were in my favor. Um, I could potentially have benefited from taking this card, but it wasn't going to make the difference. And what it would have done would be make this person that I care about unhappy with me. And if you're in professional sports, like, yeah, maybe you're not best friends with everybody, but you're, uh, like, you have a professional respect, one hopes. Mm-hmm. You're essentially co-workers. You're essentially co-workers, yeah. So, like, it's, it's sort of the, like, not shitting where you sleep thing, kind of, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. not being a dick to the person that you're going to go out and see again on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But it is this very weird, like, cost-benefit cost analysis thing of, like, is this going to make a difference in my winning whatever this event is versus how much is this going to come back and bite me in the ass later? Right. But then Mixed it's also with like respect, right? Which yeah. Is like, I think what's in the tour yeah. de France is like, we respect that this person is so good and we want them to have a fair chance. And... But, but it's also interesting that taking that advantage is that we equate that with being a dick. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's yeah. supposed to play their hardest, play their best, especially in professional mm-hmm. sports where this is your job. Right. But right. if you play your best at the wrong time, you're a dick. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I just I don't have an answer yeah. for that. I just find it fascinating. It is fascinating. And I remember that there was so there was a, a rookie two years ago, Jordan Bell on the Warriors, who was like this hotshot rookie and everybody was super excited about him. And he got in trouble early in the season because the Warriors were a very top-heavy team and they were going to go win regardless. And they were playing, I think it was the Phoenix Suns, um, and who are a very bottom-of-the-ranks team, generally <laughs> speaking. Um, you know, A for effort. Uh, and <laughs> so the Warriors so the Warriors were playing like their, their bench players a lot, right? You're like, you rest... Which in of itself is one of those things. Like you don't bring out your starting players to beat the pants off right, one right. of the smaller teams. Also, it gives your bench players a chance to play a full game, and that's nice for them. So that's what they were doing. And Jordan Bell, at the end of the game, the Warriors are up by, I have no idea how much, but they were up. Does this fancy move 
that's very much a show-off move where mm-hmm. he like passed to himself to dunk it <laughs> right self alley yes interesting nice and i mean i could it. do that can't you absolutely <laughs> and it was very flashy and he succeeded and you could tell he felt great about it and then it was all over the news and he got lectured by, about it by all of the senior players mm-hmm. and the coaching staff for like showboating showboating yeah. when you're already up in the face of a team that's already going to lose a lot of games and it was that same sort of thing like if it had been a close game if it had been against one of their like really like high caliber rivals everybody would have thought it was amazing and you know a great mm. thing for him to do but because of this context mm-hmm. mm-mm, that was a problem and he got his finger smacked for it and so it's that same sort of like you know, he thought he had this moment, this yeah. shining moment of like, I'm going to do the thing and it's going to be amazing and everybody's going to see how great I am. Yeah. And it totally backfired on him. That sucks. I know. <laughs> yeah. Sportsmanship is, uh, I think, something we should come back to and really yes. kind of look at yeah. to what what the big issues that are in each individual sport. Yeah. How totally. they compare. And... Yeah. So, yeah, let's revisit that after doing some yeah. research. I like that idea. All right. Okay, so the first thing we're going to talk about is uh, last episode, we all committed to watching the Jazz play the Warriors uh, on November 11th, and so that was a game that happened. Um, <laughs> basketball was played. Uh, Indeed. Things happened. Lessons were learned. Mm, were um, they? I, well, <laughs> should should dial that back. Just a little uh, rundown of the game. Um, whatever you remember. Whatever I remember. Whatever you haven't blocked out of your whatever memory. Whatever I haven't blocked out of my memory. Yeah, I'm trying to look up the actual score here, but my phone is being sluggish on me. Um, it was uh, yeah, that, 118 that to 101, right. something like um, that. <laughs> uh, you know, they were, they were, that's okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, fine. I'm sorry, uh, I shouldn't have said anything. They were uh, playing the Jazz, who are a good team. Uh, the Jazz are... Consistently for the past few years, at least, in the like, mm, I want to say three to five range in the West in the playoffs. Um, So they're a solid team. They have some good players. um, And they spent a lot of time looking experienced. (laughs) The Warriors. In contrast to the Warriors. Not looking experienced. But uh, in a large part, the Warriors who are playing are not terribly experienced, right? Yeah, well, and that's exactly right. That's that's exactly right. Um, and, and so that was my main takeaway, was the, the Warriors were trying, which I did appreciate. I did feel like they were making an effort. It was not going real well for them. It never went real well for them. I don't think they ever got particularly close. I mean, the first five minutes, they yeah, kept okay. it. Yeah, okay. That's, relatively yeah. close. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, once the Jazz got ahead. Yeah. yeah. yeah Before yeah, there was time to pull away. Kind of yeah. how it went. Yeah, it was... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean... Yeah. Well, so I'll say um, I couldn't watch I couldn't watch the whole game because I determined that in order for me to watch the game, Whoa. it was going to cost me $30 Ooh. a month to sign up. I know, right? It, I know. And so I wasn't going to do that, but mm-hmm. I found a 10 minute like highlight yeah. reel. So I watched that. Um, it didn't like, obviously by the score, yes. I could tell that there was a disparity, but as somebody who hasn't watched um, 
um, mm -hmm. basketball in probably 10 years, I didn't, I didn't see a grand disparity in no, the, in the really ability reassuring. of both teams. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that, how much that actually says. Cause again, I haven't watched baseball, <laughs> baseball, Jesus. I haven't watched basketball in like 10 years. Um, but one of the things that struck me that I, that I'd completely mm -hmm. forgotten about basketball is I think that's one of the sports that, that somehow looks mm -hmm. the most effortless, but yeah. I know there's so much that's work there. Right. Like all, of course, all mm -hmm. of the, all of these sports are hard work. No, none of them can be done by by people who haven't been mm -hmm. doing them for, or you know, at this level, have been um, have, right. haven't been doing sure. them since they were children or whatever. But um, but there's something about basketball and kind of the fluidity of the game and the way they like the way they can just jump in the air yeah. and it looks like yeah. they just hang yeah. there sometimes for seconds. It's like, I'm going to, I'm jumping in the air. I'm evaluating mm -hmm. what's going mm -hmm. on around me and now mm -hmm. I'm going to shoot. And you know, it mm -hmm. happens in the span of half of a second, but it looks effortless mm -hmm. and it looks gravity defying. And I yeah. totally forgotten yeah. that about basketball. Well, and, and the jazz have a couple particularly good players. I think, um, they currently have Rudy Gobert, who they've had for at least a couple years now, and I, I honestly was kept watching him instead of watching, um, <laughs> instead of watching the uh, the Warriors because he is just so good. He's an excellent shooter, and he's an just excellent at reading plays. I think. Um, and so that was really a pleasure. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched the Jazz much, so it was nice. And they've also got Donovan Mitchell, who is a younger player um, and also a very good shooter. Uh, and so that was it was fun. It was fun to see them, honestly, um, on some level. Uh, so some good basketball was being played. Some good it was basketball. Just all mm -hmm. It was just all the wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I I do have yes. I have two questions mm -hmm. of things that I noticed and. And I'm going to use the terms that I know from <laughs> other sports. I don't know if they're terms mm -hmm. that you would use in, in basketball. But um, there were a couple of times that the Jazz um, got these, mm -hmm. like, buzzer one beater in shots. Yeah, in. I remember there was one that. right – yeah, there was one um, that was – they were the, – the shot clock ended, but the period right. had – period quarter hadn't ended. Yep. So <laughs> – um, and, you know, he shot it, and then the, the buzzer sounded, and then yep. it went in the net, which is just amazing. I mean, and in hockey, that wouldn't count, left your hands. interestingly enough. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this was the one that was behind yeah. half court? Um, is but that the then, one you're thinking of? Okay, because somebody took a uh, monster yeah, shot it on the Jazz. Yeah. yeah, and it went in. and it Yeah, anyway. But, uh, yeah. But the, but the thing that struck me um, was it looked like the jazz were particularly good at what yep. football mm -hmm. calls clock yep. management. Is that, uh, a, is that a yeah, term in basketball? So. It's um, definitely a concept. If it's, it's definitely not a concept. Term. If it's okay. not a term. Yeah. And yes, okay. you're correct. Okay. Is that, is that like, no, something not the jazz particularly, are but for? in contrast to the warriors, I mean, that's part of what I'm talking about in terms of experience, um, because it's that strategic thinking. Um, the warriors right now, they're, they don't have clay Thompson. He's one of their best shooters. They don't have Steph because he's out with a broken hand and is going to require another surgery, apparently, in oh, December. No. Yeah. 
Um, they lost Andre Iguodala, who was one of their best strategic minds. They do still have Draymond, uh, but he's not used to having to captain the whole ship himself. Um, and he gets so many fouls that there's a danger <laughs> in playing him too much, right? Well, yeah, I mean, he has, he's has been showing some restraint this year. I don't think that's quite as much of okay. an issue, okay. but, but yeah. So they don't, and they lost Sean Livingston, and they don't, they just, they don't have a lot of experience on the team right now. Um, and even the more, like, with it younger guys, even if they're paying attention, they're not necessarily going to be able to manage things in the same way. And so, yeah, you're definitely picking mm-hmm. up on a true thing, mm-hmm. which is just, like, timing your plays right and making sure that you're having possession as the shot clock runs out if you need to. And, like, so... Mm-hmm. And the other thing I think that I was really noticing with the Jazz is that a good chunk of their team has been together for a couple of years now. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. And the so Warriors have play not. Team. Yeah, so yeah. they know okay. how to play together in a way that the Warriors currently are not doing also. So that's another piece of it. Yeah. Okay. And actually, it occurs to me, I don't think we've oh. talked about what the shot clock is. So no, I know it. Really I know it generally from again watching basketball years yeah, and years so ago. But can you explain you get it? Possession of the basketball, and you are you are running offense. Um, you're trying. Your team is trying to put the ball into the hoop and score points. You have 24 seconds to do that, and 24. And there is 24. a nice big red digital display above the basketball hoop that will show you that will count down. And the key is it has to leave your hands before the shot clock buzzer runs out. Uh, if it does not, that's called shot clock violation, and it, the ball is turned over to the other team, and you don't get an opportunity to score. So presumably this is just yes. one yes. way to keep yes. the game moving, so that right. exactly. you can't just keep passing it yes. back and forth I, and back and forth and back and forth. But yeah, there's some funny okay. stories about like... <laughs> 30-point games, because one team would just get the ball and hold on to it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I would do. Just sit on it. Yeah. Yeah. Go score a basket and then sit on the ball for the rest of the game. Yeah, Yeah, you could do that. It's true. Yeah. Um, So one other thing I noticed... Uh, at some point the in the um, highlights, it showed a little, um, it showed a graphic next to the score of how many f- uh, <laughs> yep. free throws, yeah. foul things that they had that they had gotten. And it, if I read it right, it looked like the Golden State Warriors had uh, two. Uh, well, it looked like they had made two of their their shots, and the Jazz had made like sixteen, which. I understand to mean that the Golden State Warriors took 16-ish penalties versus yeah. the two so that the other team throws, took. Yeah, yeah. So this what's, was what's it was happening with that excited game in terms of fouls and yeah. free throws. Okay. both. and that contributed pretty substantially okay. to, to the score. score. Yes, um, and and again yeah. that goes back to experience. A lot of the time, um, when you are, I mean, it can go to other things too, but in this case, I think it is experience. So sure. free throws, we should say, are when uh, a team basically gets a free shot and you get to stand at a little line and you get to shoot at the basket and if you make it, it's worth a point. And a lot of times you'll get them in pairs, so you get to shoot two free throws and so if you make both of them, then you get two points. Um, you get free throws when the other team has fouled you. Um, so yes, so the Jazz took 
and made a lot of free throw shots. Um, this is colloquially called living at the line. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the warriors, the way that they did that is that the warriors fouled them a lot. Um, and okay. fouling or not fouling can be strategic. Generally, you don't want it. Mm -hmm. like, you are always going to do some of it. Like, it's impossible. You're not going to have a zero foul game. Like, that's just not going to happen. Um, and some fouls yeah. are strategic. Like, there are yeah. times when it's usual you want to commit a foul because potentially, you know, like... You can stop the clock. You can it stop can... the clock. You can slow... Like, if a team is on a run, you can... You can stop like, what... Break their run, you know. Right. You could stop what exactly. potentially could turn and into a scoring play. The great play. thing about free throws is, like, yeah. maybe somebody's about to make you know, a guaranteed two-point shot, but then if you foul them, then they have to do two free throws, so maybe they only make one point, or maybe they don't make either, right. and, you know. So there are reasons for it. Um, but a lot of that is just rookies bouncing around and doing things they shouldn't be doing and not being careful enough. And, like, one of it. Yeah, I was going to... I was going to ask if that particular stat in this particular game was reflective of the discipline that the teams have with those kinds of penalties, but it sounds like a lot of it can be due to the fact that the Warriors are running yeah, that's, I think not that's their A game right now. Um, Andre Iguodala, who I will talk about forever because I just loved him. Um, I still love him. Uh, he, <laughs> From afar now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, although there's rumors he may come back. No way. Yes way. So. Anyway. Tangent. <laughs> um, he... <laughs> Yes, that would be a special will. emergency episode. Uh, he was the best at stealing because stealing a ball, uh, you have to do it without uh, hitting the person you're taking it from his hands or forearms. So you can't just like whap it out, elbow there. somebody, yeah, exactly, yeah. and take the ball. You have to take it cleanly. Okay. And he had like, you have to take the so you ball, have to take not the, the ball, exactly. not the person. And he had like the best pickpocketing grab of balls I've ever seen. Uh, basketballs, let me uh, <laughs> clarify here. I don't know what else he would grab or not grab, but it's, it's the basketball. His free, his free time is his free time. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, no there's no judgment here. Uh, but yeah, it's he true. could just lift the basketball out of somebody's hands, and like I have literally seen them keep going without realizing they didn't have it for a step or two. It was incredible. And the wow. are not quite at the same level, we can say that. Okay. <laughs> They'll get there. Okay. I like they're. Yeah. I sound very down on them, and and I'm down on them in the sense that like clearly they're struggling in some ways. But I should say, um, and I'll talk about this right. a little bit more later. Um, they're they're putting in a good effort. I will absolutely give them credit for that. Yeah. That's good. And free throws. I mean, this is something we can come back to because it's kind of a. Mm. I don't know what's the word for it. An issue in basketball. Mm. Um, I, I read an article a few years ago that's probably still applicable, but just talking about how many things have advanced in the sport of basketball, mm. um, with you know, better nutrition, mm -hmm. new strategies, you know, all sorts of these things, and yet free throw percentages are mm -hmm. still about the same yep. as they ever were. Yep. And that's something that can be practiced in isolation. Yep. You know, so in theory, you should be making like 100% of your free throw shots in practice mm -hmm. and maybe about 90, 95% in games. Mm -hmm. And yet the percentage is hovered around like 65 or 70. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think that's super interesting because, mm -hmm. you know, as someone who's a pretty casual mm -hmm. fan of basketball, it's pretty frustrating to sit there and like, 
this is it's a free throw right you know <laughs> that's your yeah, that's your job, your job. Yeah. yes yeah. there's no one stopping you yeah I feel the same way about um, the field goal kicking in mm-hmm. football. Yes. Like, yes, I get that there similar... are outside forces like wind. Yes. But also, you have one job to do as that, as that kicker. Yes. One job. <laughs> <laughs> What's Kitty's name? Mrs. Matilda. Matilda. And she just loves being cuddled and held and snuggled. <laughs> yes, she's not allowed that. <laughs> But she is so She's fluffy. tolerating this very well. She, she is. is. This is about as long as I've seen her mm-hmm. hang out here. She's sleepy. <laughs> Competitive cat hugging could be a sport. That <laughs> oh would be gosh. a dangerous a, a one. A contact sport, yeah. Yeah. I had a thought about free throws and then I lost it. Oh, uh, one of the fun things about Steph Curry is that he goes on these free throw uh uh, sprees, I guess, where just like he'll just hit every free throw that he's up for for games and games at a time, and so he, I think he still holds the current NBA free throw. Oh yeah, made without wow. streak record, and it's like forty nine or something ridiculous. Like that. well, that's the way it should be. Well, right, exactly. I feel like I should like, take a yeah. screenshot of this, and that can go on our Instagram for, <laughs> for <laughs> this episode. <laughs> so there's this step. In basketball, yeah, you can see who's starting to score. <laughs> There's yeah. a stat in basketball called 40-50-90, um, mm-hmm. which is like a dream stat for most players. Um, some some do make it, uh, but it's unusual. And it's uh, 40% of your three-pointers, 50% of your two-pointers, and 90% of your free throws. And that's mm. like where you want to be. Steph Curry's hit it a few times. I don't think Clay Thompson's ever actually done it, but he's almost done it a few years in a row. Kevin Durant's done it. Uh, the basketball golden ratio. Yeah, basically, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Rachel, what was your take on the game? I mean, probably similar to yours, just mm-hmm. less enlightened. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty obvious just to someone who, who mm-hmm. watches casually that you know the elements of the team are not mm-hmm. quite functioning together the way. They should, certainly the way they did the last couple of seasons. Um, though we've been spoiled with especially good basketball oh, in the Bay Area. Yes, yes, we have. It just occurred to me that I was live tweeting this game and I could look at what I was tweeting and remember what I thought. <laughs> Dim bulb slowly brightens. <laughs> oh, what was it? Oh, yeah, the uh, Eric... Uh, Eric Pascal. Yeah. And... Was it Donovan Mitchell or was it somebody else? Oh, they've been playing together since they were six. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. So you may have missed this in the uh, the uh, recap, but there I were caught two... like a half of the sentence. Yeah. yeah, there were two players from you know one on each team who had been playing together since they were six. This was the mm-hmm. first time they'd ever played against each other in a professional or like a public yeah. game or something. But the announcers just every time we came back from commercial break. They kept bringing it up. <laughs> yes, they did every time. It, yeah, I'm because not they had nothing else to talk about. Was the also problem. true. Yeah, what was it they were talking? At somebody's hair at some point, or the glasses, the aviator glasses. Oh, that's right. Because oh, Kavon Looney, who is another another injured Warriors player, was on the sidelines wearing new glasses, and they were trying yes. to figure out if they were a fashion statement or actual prescription and one glasses. Kept calling this was them, an issue. Uh, like 
large a or oversized aviator glasses and one person was trying to say no they're just aviator glasses right, right. so that was yeah. the oh, God. that so, was the kind of thing that was i have to say topic so of the, conversation. the commentators the local commentators for the warriors games used to be uh this guy named jim barnett who used to be a warriors player he was a he's in his 70s and he's now on the radio instead of doing tv commentary uh and a guy bob fitzgerald and Jim Barnett was the redeeming feature of that duo, uh, and they have shunted him to radio, which I think is a crying Aww. shame. Yeah, it's really tragic. And they have replaced him with Kalena Azubuki, who I actually like a lot, um, who used to be on their post-game show, but Kalena and Fitz together are not... I did not find it um, mm. engaging. They just mm. kept going yeah. off on tangents, and neither, like, neither were... of them was giving the good basketball commentary the way that Jim yeah. used to. They're so, just clearly not oh, on the that's same a shame. Yeah. Well, you could do what my dad does with the Gator games and, and have the TV on, the on mute yeah. and listen to it I on the radio. I might have to, honestly. But yeah, so it was the first time that I had seen Eric Paschal play. He's uh, He was a guy that they picked up for this season, um, and he has been very dependable for them, which has mm -hmm. been remarkable and very necessary. Um, they're in need of dependability. They're in need of dependability, um, and he's been quite good. And it, uh, I could see him being quite good, so that was that was nice. Also, my first look at Willie Cauley-Stein, because uh, he was out with an injury. He's another guy they picked up. I was not impressed one way or another with him. Uh, <laughs> Draymond and Steve Kerr uh, were both trying to keep straight faces during this game. <laughs> Neither of them succeeds at that. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell was the other one that uh, I hadn't seen play. He's been, he's kind of their, was kind of their remaining hot shot, and then he was out the next game. That's right. Oh. <laughs> he did play this game, though. He did yes. play this game. That's right. Yeah. And he was doing really well. Because I, I noticed him. Yeah. He was, but his, we commented on some of his unfortunate hair choices. Yes, I feel like that hair yes. style is not doing things for him mm -mm. that that other hairstyles might do for him. Uh uh, yeah. So, yeah. This game, oh, Jordan Poole's another one of their rookies, and he, he was just all over the place. He's very young. He's supposed to be a really good shooter, but he is not shooting well yet. Um, and it's hard to say, like, is that just pressure of being in the NBA? Is that just, like, he's having a bad month? Like, hard to say. But I just got the, he just felt like he just needed, like, less sugar in his diet or something. <laughs> like, just felt like he was just bouncing everywhere. And it's just like, okay, dude, like, settle, settle. So, so I don't know. Uh, oh, important sartorial choice. Not sure if you picked up on this, uh, Rebecca, but a couple of the Warriors players are rocking the shorter, tighter shorts. Mm -hmm. um, so oh, yes, I did notice that. Yeah, we're Jordan not quite to Yeah. No, but it's a very positive... Uh, yeah, development. Advancement. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Into Let's it. see that leg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you've earned them, guys. Yeah. Like, show it off. Seriously. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's it's, important. It is. It is. We only talk about the important things here. Mm -hmm. It's true. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that seems like... Uh... Oh, yeah. There was a great commentary comment that said, the Warriors have one of the better benches in the league right now. It's like... Well, that's good, because that's all they have. <laughs> oh. Literally all their starters are out. So let's hope they have one of the better benches in the league. 
That's you such sure a rough weren't... position to be in. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, bless. Bless their little hearts. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we yes, put that let's, behind let's, us let's now? Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Nancy, for dissecting that painful moment in mm, time. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, now we're going to talk a little bit about our teams that we follow. Um, I'll lead it off. I don't actually have much to say because the baseball season's over, but um, between our last recording and today, uh, they've announced the MVPs, uh, most valuable players uh, for uh, baseball every year there, too, one in the National League, one in the American League. Um, and How do they decide this? Like, what's the criteria to be an MVP? That is an excellent question, the answer for which I should have looked up before starting this. Um, I'm not entirely sure who contributes. Um, All right. I mean, there's an enormous amount of speculation, so it's not done, you know, in a purely mathematical right. um, way. And there's, um, you know, they the uh, players obviously don't have to be from winning teams right. or, or right. anything. Um there is kind of like an all-around sense to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, if there's somebody who's... Well, no, even that, I can think of exceptions to that. Somebody who's, I was going to say, a, you know, a star offensively, but just mm-hmm. can't do anything defensively. Mm-hmm. But that's <laughs> not entirely true either. Um, so, you know what? It could just be we whose like time has come, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, for uh, the... Nationally, uh, Cody Bellinger from the Dodgers was picked. I know that he'd... I'd heard his name frequently, even though I didn't watch many um, National League games, um, that he was, he's been in contention for it all year, and um, I know that um, Yelich was kind of the other candidate they were talking about, but um, Yelich badly injured himself, uh, broke his kneecap with about a month left to go in the season, so that kind of, like, took away from his candidacy and made it (laughs) much less likely for him to win. I don't think impossible, but... Um, and then for the American League, we have Mike Trout, who has won it at least twice before. And uh, this hasn't come up a whole lot, but uh, the way people basket or baseball got me doing it now. Um, <laughs> Sorry, baseball commentators and the the uh, you know fans of the sport talk about Mike Trout as though he is the second coming of Jesus. It's a little strange. Um, he is an excellent baseball player. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. he's not. Um, mm-hmm. But people talk about him with salvific language <laughs> in a way that thinks that, you know, makes me think that if I touch the hem of his garment, I might be healed. Um, but, well, maybe you will be. You know what? I That's a hypothesis that we should test out. Drive down to L.A. one of these I'll days. Just and, take yeah. with me. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you may hear about in the news if I, if I try to test that one out. <laughs> Anyway, so our Lord and Savior, Mike Trout, won MVP again this year. Um, that's something we can revisit next season to talk about my... The very strange cloud that surrounds Mike Trout. Um, anyway, what I wanted to talk about instead was uh, Marcus Semien, who's on the A's, their I shortstop. Love him. Yes. He's delightful. He is. Uh, he was an MVP finalist, did not win, obviously, uh, because St. Trout was in contention, but... Um, He's, yes, he's just super dependable. Yeah. Super good guy. Not flashy, I think. Pretty, though. Yes, he is. Very pretty. <laughs> but um, also very skilled, yes. to be fair. But when you've got somebody like Chapman at third base making yeah, all these yeah, crazy yeah. dives, yeah. Chapman gets the attention. No, and it's true. Semyon, who is, like, had the best, or, you know, top three um, 
fielding percentage, runs mm-hmm. saved. He played in every game. He started every game, mm-hmm. um, has for the last like two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. So he's just, wow. he's always there, always mm-hmm. a short, mm-hmm. always he's doing a really a good hitter. Bang too. up job. Yeah. He had, yeah, I think the. Isn't he like at the top of their lineup because um, he's such a good hitter? Yes, he's their leadoff hitter. Yeah, because um, he also runs real well. Oh, oh, that's it. So okay. he's a he's a great all around player. I don't think he gets the mm-hmm. uh, the respect or the acclaim that he deserves. Yeah, he doesn't seem to just from what I've seen, mm-hmm. which is a shame. And he's is this a, local a campaign guy we too. need to start? Yes. yes. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. More Marcus Simeon. Yes. More praise for him. We can have a we can have a Marcus corner every week. Yes, <laughs> every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just and he just seems like a really nice dude. He's a very good player. Yeah, he's a local guy. Very team games. player. Like, yeah, yeah just, from Berkeley, right? I can't remember. Maybe El Cerrito, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Somewhere be. very close by. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, Marcus Corner. I should uh, make a corner. note to to yeah. look at the Marcus <laughs> news of the week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's what I had. Uh, Rebecca, can you tell us about the Avs, please? <clears throat> yeah. Um, so the the thing that I wanted to bring up about the Avs, they're they're still doing okay. Um, their <laughs> their best players are are out. Um, Miko Rantanen and Gabe Landeskog are still out. What uh, happened to I, them? Because I remember them from the playing the Sharks last year. Yeah. Um, uh, lower body injuries is all we know. Mm. Yeah. Right. Hockey is real, real terrible about disclosing yeah, what the injuries really are. are. That was so weird to yes. me when That's I first right. started watching it. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, was... basketball, they're like, well, he slightly strained one of the left tendons in his third finger. And, it's like, and the calves like... got knocked cold that one yeah. day. And it took us forever to find out yeah. how he was doing. Yeah. It's weird. So, um, Gabe Landeskog is out for a significant amount of time with a quote unquote lower body injury. We don't know what it is, um, but we've seen. Photos of him with a um, with like a boot mm-hmm. on one of his um, legs, feet, ankles, whatever that area is, calf mm-hmm. to ankle <laughs> area. Um, but we don't know. But we don't know what it is. Interesting. Um, Miko Rantanen. Uh, we can guess what it is because there was a play where mm. his foot turned in the wrong direction. Ooh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so you you could actually see his his leg move one way and his foot move a different way and oh, the, that's not, not how that's not how feet and ankles are supposed to move. Mm-mm. So we know he's got an ankle injury, okay. but still all of their all of their um uh you know, press releases and whatever say he's out with a lower body injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now he's closer to coming back um, than uh, Gabe, mm. but he's, he's considered week to week. Hockey does this thing where they say some, a player is day to day, week to week, you know, long-term injured or out indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, Gabe is out indefinitely. And Miko is out week to week, mm. so so the 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 Avs were doing amazing when they were, you know, fully staffed as it were, um, and they've struggled a little bit since those guys went out, understandably. And then mm-hmm. Nikita Zadorov took a puck to the face Ooh, last last week or the week before. It broke his jaw. Ow. He had surgery, and now he's back in. <laughs> Because these okay. people are, 
stone cold idiots. <laughs> Hope they give him the good but like, killers. <clears throat> he played last night, and you can still see the line on his chin where the, the puck, puck like <laughs> destroyed his skin. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. So yeah, yeah. So nice. the thing that happened um, last night is that Matt Calvert on the Avalanche, he also took a puck to the head. Now, I don't actually think that pucks to the head happen that often. Um, The fact that it happened twice within the span of like two weeks is a little bit unusual, um, especially on the same team. Mm -hmm. But but the issue with Matt was that it happened during a game. Um, So they were playing the the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday night. Um, And the Canucks were down by two. They had pulled their goalie, so they had an extra um, an extra forward. Um, and Elias Pettersson um, shot a shot on goal, and it hit Matt Calvert, who happened to be basically on his hands and knees on the ice. He had just fallen for some mm-hmm. unrelated reason. And but put his, his head, head right in the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it put his head exactly right in the line of Pettersson's shot. Um, but they do wear helmets. They do wear helmets, this but not, the not hit the helmet. Face. This, uh, I don't know whether it hit the helmet or not, mm-hmm. but but um, Calvert stayed down. Mm. Like he he went from like hands and knees to on the ice, mm. and then you could see him kind of try to stand up a little bit, and then he went right back mm. down. And the refs the refs did not call the play dead. Ooh. And. Uh, during all this time when Pedersen even is, is like waving to say, hey, this guy's hurt. And mm-hmm. some of Matt Calvert's teammates are going over him to, to see if he's okay. Yeah. The play is still going on and the Canucks score. Oh. Yeah, it's real bad. It's real bad. Um, I, I might have tweeted it from the, the foul puck account. Uh-huh. Um, and the thing that the NHL is falling back on is the language from the rule book, mm-hmm. which says when a player is injured so that he cannot play or go to his bench, the play should not be stopped until the injured player's team has secured possession of the puck. Mm-hmm. Um, if the player's team is in possession of the puck at the time of the injury, play is stopped immediately unless the team is in a scoring position. In the case where it's obvious that a player has sustained a serious injury, the referee and or linesman may stop the play immediately. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those cases where they're saying, if the player is injured mm-hmm. and the other team has possession, we're not going to stop the play. If That's the when player... you should stop the play, though, it seems like. Well, I mean, I, I think the idea is you don't always know who has done the injuring. Oh, yeah. Right? So so if I'm injured and your team has possession, why should your team be penalized if I fell on my, my face? Right. right? Um, <clears throat> if, if I'm injured and my team has possession, the play is stopped immediately unless my team looks like they're about to score. Mm-hmm. And then in the case where it's obvious that a player has sustained a serious injury... All the rule book says is the linesman may stop the play immediately. Yeah. And so, so I, I mean, you, if you watch this thing, it's, it's awful. Yeah. He's literally, he cannot get up off the ice and he is bleeding from the head and the refs 
don't call the play. But isn't this... And, and you know what? Quite frankly, I don't care what the yeah. rule book says. Yeah. Somebody just took a shot to the head and they can't get up. Yeah. You call the play dead. Yeah. Was it obvious that the refs had seen him on the ice? And yes. And made the... Oh, okay, see, that's yeah. gross. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I remember this coming up when Pavs took the yeah. headshot in the playoffs. Yeah. Because I don't think it went on much longer, but it did keep going for a little bit. And I remember the same thing came up. Like, why wasn't it immediately dead? Like, he was yeah. Yeah. he was not moving. He was not moving. There was blood on the ice. Like, Yeah, he, I remember that. Just, that was that was bad. Yeah, it was horrifying. And especially as somebody yes. who was just getting into hockey, I was like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Why are people still shooting the puck? Like, what? Right. <laughs> like, man down, guys. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, and... And the NHL uh, purports to care about um, concussions and head yeah. trauma. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, they also, like, the commissioner of hockey, who just, I'm not going to say, I, I have nothing nice to say, so I'm not going to say anything at all. <laughs> um, he basically denies the correlation between head trauma and CTE, what? like perpetual oh, brain injury. Yeah, it's real bad. Has but he at heard the same time, called science? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, somebody no, might this, want to this introduce could be, that to him. This could be another whole conversation uh, uh, for another time. But yep. largely, hockey is made up of old, rich, white men. Yep. So Who are making science, I don't off. think, is... Yeah. yeah. So science, yeah. I don't think, is something that is a priority for them. Yeah. It's, it's actually one of the big problems I have with the league. But... Oh, sorry. Oh, I, now game. I have a visitor. Who is this? <laughs> um, so, um, I lost my train of thought. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Sass. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was terrible. I don't understand why it wasn't called dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so the Canucks ended up scoring, they mm-hmm. ended up scoring again and tying it up. Mm-hmm. And so it went into overtime mm-hmm. and then Nathan McKinnon, who mm-hmm. is the, the, now the leader of the team, now that the others are out right, of the yeah. avalanche, um, he basically was like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing overtime. And he scored within like 30 seconds well, good because he yeah. was just, yeah. they ended up winning the game. Yeah. Yes, they did. Um, yeah. And I haven't seen an update on, on how Matt Calvert, Matt Calvert is doing. Mm. Um, it was, but it was bad. It was so bad, mm. like blood streaming from yeah, his head. Okay. And it's just, and, and actually I was, I was proud of Nathan McKinnon mm-hmm. um, and some of the other players on the team because they actually in the in press after the game um, talked about how they thought it was shitty and awful and couldn't believe that um, the the refs didn't call anything mm-hmm. and it's very unusual for hockey players to speak out I like guess. that against the refs or against the league or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, the uh, first um, uh, I was just googling to see if there were any injury updates, and the first uh, article that comes up says NHL players critical of Avalanche Canucks officials yep. for not calling the play yep. dead. So yeah. unfortunately, it doesn't look like there's anything specific to the injury and how he's doing, but hopefully they'll release something soon. Yeah. Yeah, so so that was my Avs update. It was it was not a good play. Yeah, it was it not good. Like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I know Nancy, you've talked about the Warriors <laughs> a little bit already. Do you have Warriors. any other uh, updates about the team itself? Um, so that so they played another game uh, Friday night, 
Uh, and I think they're playing a game right now, actually. Um, they nearly won on Friday night. And I think this actually speaks <laughs> to an encouraging uh, trend, which is that they are starting to pull together a bit. The biggest thing that they need to address is their defense. Getting Annie would be a step <laughs> in the right direction. They currently have record bad defense for the NBA, which is not a thing that you want to have. Um, so that's that's kind of where they need to focus. If they've got you know they've got D'Angelo Russell who can shoot real well. They've got a few other guys who can put up some decent points. Once they get Steph Curry and Clay Thompson back, they will be able to score as much as they want to score. But that only helps if the other team is not also scoring, mm-hmm. right? So um, I just went to pull up the score for the game that's happening now. Oh, and no. the first thing that showed up was an update that D'Angelo Russell is out for two weeks. Oh, yeah. Because he broke his thumb. Oh, I thought they thought it was just sprained. Okay, well, great. Well, cool. two weeks is nothing I'm so sorry. compared to... No, it's true. It's true. Yeah, they're injured players. Yeah, yeah, two weeks is trivial. Um, so that's, I mean, that's kind of the main thing with the Warriors is they got to figure out how to play defense. they got to figure out how to play together. They've got a bunch of new guys with a bunch of different styles who are not used to playing together and not used to playing in the Steve Kerr system. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Kerr system, that sounds very official. Oh, so there was a really interesting uh, thing that came up on one of my podcasts that I listened to, that I and I can't remember who said it, so I can't give credit, but it was like either the all 82 or uh, house of Strauss or, or something like that. Um, and one of them was saying that Steve Kerr as a coach is most critical of players who played like he did when he was in the league, because he was a very good NBA player himself, but a very sort of niche player, right? Very specialized. Okay. He was a, he was a very good shooter. He played on the Chicago Bulls, among other teams, but he's most me- remembered for playing on the Chicago Bulls in the Michael Jordan era, um, and played sort of like backup for Michael Jordan. Um, and so he's kind of hardest on on the players who are like him in that they're very specialized. Um, and so he really wants guys to be able to do a lot of things. He wants to be able to plug guys in wherever he can and in different rotations. And well, that it, makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. He's a very smart coach. Um, I think he's terrific. Uh, and you're not just saying that because he's your cousin. Totally not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we should put a disclaimer. Steve Kerr is not actually my cousin. It's just... He's your uncle. He's my uncle. Right, exactly. (laughs) Living here, every time I have to sign a receipt, the question I always get is, so are you related to Steve Kerr? And at this point, the answer is just, yes, Steve Kerr, (laughs) call me. I've got news about the family reunion. Mm -hmm. You're on deck for the pasta salad, bro. (laughs) Uh, So... so they gotta they gotta figure out they they need to come together. I feel like they're making progress. Some of the younger guys are getting the time that they need. In some ways, this is gonna be terrific for the younger guys because it's the kind of like hands-on experience that they wouldn't get if all the best players were playing, right? Like because you would just be playing Steph Curry 32, 35 minutes a game and Clay Thompson 35 to 38 minutes a game because that's what you mm-hmm. do with them, right? Yeah. Um, well, so, if you want to win, win. Well, but games. also, but not even just that, but like <laughs> Steph Curry. I mean, Clay Thompson is a fucking workhorse. Like he hates sitting out. You don't have Clay Thompson healthy and not play him. Yeah, he will get unhappy with you. <laughs> like, and Steph Curry is the same way. Like there was, there were questions about whether Steph Curry was going to come back this season. 
mm-hmm. because it was like, well, if he's not coming back to March, why bother? Right. Yeah. And he, and both he and Steve Kerr were like, no, 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 no. He will drive himself crazy if he's <laughs> healthy and doesn't play. Like that's not yeah. on the table at all. So, so I think it's, I think it's a good thing for the team long-term if they can manage to keep some of these guys, um, that they're getting this development time. I think they are going to gel D'Angelo Russell, if he gets back in and heals his thumb and whatever, like he's a good shooter. That, but they've got to figure out the defense thing. They got to figure out how to pass again. They were not passing much at all, um, and they got to learn a little more situational awareness. And if they can kind of make some progress on any of those things, I think they will improve. I think we're seeing them improve, but they're currently down like I want to say two to eleven, which is not, <laughs> not encouraging. Not ideal. No, not no. ideal. But it's okay. And the real upside is that uh, tickets at the Chase Center have dropped. (laughs) So we're going to go see a lot more games this year. Yay! Nice. Yeah, Yeah, we don't have that in D.C. Uh, I am by no means complaining. Mm -hmm. Please do not take this as a complaint. Uh, Because the Caps won the the Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. No. Because they won the Stanley Cup two seasons ago, our ticket prices are... Sky high. Expensive. I mean, yeah, also because it's DC nationals. and everything's expensive. But right. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's San Francisco. Yeah. Everything's but still again, expensive. But comparatively. Not complaining. Yeah. yeah. Not complaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we're yeah. just going to uh, talk about a few current events. Now I'm going to throw it back to Rebecca. Speaking of head injuries, <laughs> uh, you're going to be you're acting as our uh, substitute football correspondent for this week. So what's the big football news? Yeah, so... Um, so I don't watch a lot of football, especially not for teams I don't follow. And really the only team I follow in football is the Eagles, and there's no reason to talk about them right now. <laughs> um, but I happened to be at a friend's house on Monday night, and they were watching the Steelers-Browns game. Now, <laughs> That's a pretty big rivalry, right? Sure. That's, that's just what I read. <laughs> I thought you might. Okay. All okay, right. We'll sounds go good. with that. Um, um, I just know I don't like the Steelers, but again, this goes down to, I grew up outside Philadelphia and I am genetically, uh, (laughs) incapable of liking Pittsburgh teams. So, um, I don't actually know anything about these players or their history or anything like that, but the, the Browns were up 21, seven over the Steelers. And this is in the final minutes of the game, like possibly the final minute Mm -hmm. of the game. Um, And there was like a sudden brawl, right? So the, the big thing that happened was somebody kicked somebody else. And then all of a sudden there were four guys together. And then Miles Garrett um, pulled off Miles Garrett, who plays for the Browns pulled off the, um, helmet of Mason Rudolph, who's the quarterback of the Steelers, and hit him in the head with his own helmet. Mm. Um, that's unusual for for football. People don't do like there's there's no fighting in football. <laughs> that's hockey. There's no there's no crying in baseball, and there's no <laughs> fighting in football. Um, so that kind of thing is very unusual. Um, and, and I mean, it seemed particularly egregious because it was it was a full like head contact without the helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was hitting him in the head with his helmet. Yeah, he clobbered him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, 
uh, and the people I was with, the, we were all just looking at it astounded. I mean, I just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, thankfully, the, the NFL um, did actually follow through with a punishment on oh, this. Oh, good, mm-hmm. for once. Yeah, so, so basically immediately, the next, the next day, um, the Steelers and the Browns organizations um, were both fined $250,000 um, for this, basically for the brawl. Um, and then the three players who were involved, Miles Garrett, um, Maurice, pa- more, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know these names. Well, more, more keys, Pouncey and Larry Ogunjobi have been suspended without pay, um, for some amount of time. So Pouncey was suspended without pay for three games and fined an additional amount for fighting, including punching and kicking an opponent. Ogunjobi was suspended without pay for one game and fined an additional amount for unnecessary roughness. And then Miles Garrett has actually been suspended without pay indefinitely at a min- at a minimum of the remainder of the regular season and postseason. Mm-hmm. So he's out for the rest of this season. Um, and because it's an indefinite um, uh, suspension, he actually has to meet with the commissioner's office prior to to a decision on his reinstatement. So there's potentially there's the the potential that he will not be able to play in some or all of the games next season either, which mm-hmm. is kind of huge. Um, now all of them are all of these players are um, appealing their suspensions, um, which they're allowed to do under the collective bargaining agreement of the NFL and the NFL Players Association. Um, and I, I think I read somewhere that, that um, two of the guys, their, their hearings are going to be within the next couple of days. Um, but it was just, like, it was, it was legitimately shocking to see that yeah. happen. Um, and then again, right after the game, I, I, I don't know if this is common in football, but there was a post-game interview, and the guy on the Browns who was interviewed, he was, he immediately spoke out against it. He was like, this is not the way we want to play a game. This is not the way games should happen. We're definitely going to have to talk to this guy and figure out what was going on. Like, but that, that shouldn't happen. Um, and Miles Garrett has come out and said now he's apologized. Um, and he's, he's said um, he absolutely regrets his actions. He, um, he lost his temper and he shouldn't have. Uh, all of which is great. Like, he should be apologizing. Mm-hmm. He should not have lost his temper. Um, but I, I don't have a problem with him, with any of these guys getting suspensions. Yeah. Um, and actually, I was, I was pleased that the league um, fined the teams. Now, a quarter of a million dollars is a lot of money, but not, not really for these for, teams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not for these teams, which is always frustrating. But at least it's something. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I, I read a little bit about it because it did seem so egregious, and um, obviously, I don't know these teams or the players on the teams, but um, people were expressing shock that it was Miles Garrett who'd done this. Like he's not known as a hothead or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the whole play was strange because it looked like um, Garrett tackles. Is Rudolph was the the quarterback? Yeah. Um, 
Garrett tackles him after he's already thrown the ball and kind of holds him down. Hmm. And then it looks like Rudolph goes for his face mask. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they yeah, get up. Nobody and, was nobody was in the right in this no, situation. It doesn't seem like, and you know, uh-uh. obviously like hitting him with the helmet, there was like space enough that it was a, a deliberate action. And I am, you know, yeah. very glad that they are, you know, appropriately punishing him for it. But the whole, yeah. the whole situation was just very strange. It's weird. And very, yeah. And the other players on the, um, the field. I was starting to think it was the Browns or the Steelers, but oh. <laughs> on Garrett, on, um, yeah, I don't know. They were like, after Garrett had hit mm-hmm. him with the helmet, like they took him down and started kicking yeah. him. And yeah. On the Browns. Yeah. There was just a lot, a lot going on there. It was a lot. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And, and not something you see in football. Yeah. It's interesting. There's so much aggression during the actual plays right. that it kind of, mm-hmm. it doesn't bleed over too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, did you have anything more to say about that? Uh, just if there are any football players listening to us right now, <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, no, not worth it. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about another controversy in baseball this week, and I'll try to keep it brief so I don't overstay my welcome. But <laughs> um, so the Astros, who were in the World Series this year, they lost. Yay! Um, but they won in 27. Wait, who did they lose to? Uh, you tell us, Rebecca. <laughs> what? <laughs> they lost to. I can't remember. Some East Coast team, I yeah. think. Some East Coast team, that's right. <laughs> Anyway, so for the past few years, they've uh, been dogged with rumors of uh, sign stealing. And uh, the big news that came out this week was a pitcher named Mike Fires, who was with the Astros from 2015 to 2017. He's with the A's now. Um, He gave an interview to The Athletic confirming that the Astros uh, had been using a video feed to steal signs. And I will explain what that is briefly. It's Um, when they wave their fingers in front of their crotches, right? Yes. Excellent. So see, and no, and that's really helpful because every time I read this, I'm like, "What signs are they stealing? <laughs> they put signs out on the field? Big ones, big ones that say let 'Let's go Nats.' They just take yeah. them and run away. That's um, just mean. So <coughs> the thought behind it is the pitcher and catcher need to be on the same page because if the pitcher is going to throw a pitch that's very hard to hit, it might also be very hard to catch. So the catcher needs to know what's coming. So what the catcher will do is stick one hand in front of his crotch, mm-hmm. and uh, it's interesting. Sometimes you'll see catchers that like paint their nails oh, in bright hilarious. colors or put white out oh, on that's them. That's awesome. Yeah, and so they'll use a series of fingers pointed below their crotch. It just always kills me. It's, it's just like the it's TV cameras the zoom right in on yep. it. Yep. <laughs> just like, yep. Knees yep. spread and fingers are going. Um, <laughs> yes, and so the and it's then you'll a see... good thing baseball players wear pants. <laughs> yep. 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 So you'll see the pitcher kind of, you know, if the catcher's going through several signs, the pitcher will nod or shake their head, or so they're they're trying to, to figure out what's going on. Well, um, it's kind of a time-honored tradition in baseball, unfortunately, to figure out the sign patterns that are going on. Um, but under normal circumstances, you're not going to be able to communicate to the hitter fast enough. So if like you've got a runner on second who can see, you know, straight down to the catcher's crotch and see what the signs are, um, 
you know, he's not going to be able to, to signal wildly to the right. batter in time to make a difference. So uh, what the Astros had been doing is they had a camera set up back in center field that could zoom in on the catcher's crotch to see what the, the signs were. And then this is just... God, I'm sorry. Can we just... We need to have a whole episode on how sports are so insanely homoerotic. Oh, yeah. We do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, a okay, series, even. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway. Uh, a whole new podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're also, you're not supposed to, when you're in the dugout, there's not supposed to be any kind of internet or phone connected anything um, except for the phone down to the, the bullpen. So they're trying to, you know, stop all kinds of cheating. Um, well, you are allowed to have um, internet connected stuff back in the dugout. Um, and I guess the line between the two is, mm-hmm. is fuzzier than I thought. So to communicate to Wait, the hitter... Wait, so I'm sorry. Can we... What's the difference yes. between the dugout and the bullpen? That's a really good question. Okay. Um, so the bullpen is where the pitchers hang out. That's where they throw the ball to uh, get warmed up. And okay. just in general, until they go into the game, the, um, the pitchers hang out in the bullpen. And it's like okay. an actually physically separate area. Yes, usually... Okay. Um, but it's like adjacent. Sometimes. Sometimes it's way oh, okay. far away. Um, okay. I may have said bullpen when I meant dugout. But so what was happening was um, there's a, the dugout is where all the other players who are not on the field thank you. are <laughs> Getting ahead of myself here. Yeah. Um, so there would be a camera feed that was piped to somebody in, I guess, the locker room more so than the dugout. Um, okay. Who were seeing the signs live. And then communicating to the hitter via some very unsubtle means, such as banging on a trash can. <laughs> um, like, to the point where the, the TV cameras are picking this up. Uh-huh. And um, there's become kind of sport now of going back through the Astros games uh-huh. and listening for the signs. So um, the Yankees wow. reported hearing whistling. Wow. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I'm going to see what other... Okay, so I have a question here. Uh-huh. That's so shitty. It's incredibly shitty. Uh, flashing lights. Uh, clapping. The A's in 2018 reported hearing clapping patterns from the Astros dugout. Wow. Um, there's even a train, that, like a, min- a little mini train that runs around <laughs> the stadium, and you can see it through left field. And some people have alleged that they were putting, putting things the, in the train. That's incredible. To, oh, my God. Yeah. So... Um, I'm sorry, you had a question? I have a question. Um, well, you can finish and I'll, I'll hold it. Oh, okay. So, um, the surprising thing is kind of that Mike Fires came out and talked about right, this. Right, so that was what I was going to ask is, what does he have to gain by doing this? Like, why um, would he... He... Is it just so like, he now he not plays for a rival thing? team. Yes, and he, I guess he, you know, you could read it mm-hmm. either, you know, he feels bad about it and mm-hmm. about the game of baseball mm-hmm. and, you know, he kind of framed it as, I tried to stop this. Right. And, um, but, yeah, so, you know, you can you can question his motives. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, you know, he loves the game of baseball and he, he and wants he to stop. And of this. Yes. And... and it is, like, nobody is really surprised about this because, like I say, a lot of teams... Um, have reported hearing weird things, and like the general manager of the oh Yankees came out and was and uh, so the gen- the Yankees said something, and the general manager of the Astros went on Twitter and was like, "Yo, you heard whistling? Oh, good for you!" Like, <laughs> just oh, don't you, know, you just love it when GMs it. take to Twitter? Yeah, get mm-hmm. out of here. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, and so the Astros, you know, put out a generic statement that was like, we're looking forward to getting to the bottom of this. Mm, um, of course we are. Mm -hmm. So Major League Baseball is doing an investigation. I think the Astros are doing their own quote-unquote investigation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. And, you know, the Astros are not the only teams doing it. Like, I was reading something about the Red are Sox and the, the Yankees. No, go ahead. Sorry. Um, they were doing something with an Apple Watch. Oh, to uh, to steal signs, yeah. So, <coughs> like, kind of sadly, the only um, part that's actually against the rules is using the camera to do it. Like the banging on the trash can, apparently, because it does not involve technology. Was uh, oh my god, yeah. I really want like to get some philosophers in on this, like mm. to def define technology and the use thereof like mm. yeah i feel like this is one of those things where you could get into some real deep discussions about like what qualifies as using technology mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. transmit this information yeah but that's just me. yeah i mean so, they kind of tried to to deal with it with the no communications in the dugout kind right. of thing but apparently if um you know they were allowed to have stuff in the in the mm -hmm. locker room um, and then somebody could just come out, I and guess, say, is how they did it, yeah. and bang on the, um, you know, teams would kind of try to figure out what was going on. And, like, when pitchers, I, sh I saw one particular clip with the White Sox where the pitcher figured out, hey, every time I throw a changeup, mm -hmm. um, which is a pitch that looks like a fastball coming out of the pitcher's hand but is much slower. Mm. So if the batter's expecting a fastball, they'll Might swing way early. in advance yeah. at the changeup. Um, so the... Every time they heard a bang bang, the batter wasn't swinging at a changeup. Mm. Um, so the the pitcher finally called the catcher in and was like, you know, because they could have mound visits right. and was like, right. we need to change something up. I'm sorry, um, it's called a mound visit. Yeah, yeah. there's a mound. They visit it. <laughs> I mean, Sometimes I knew that that lands. happened. <laughs> I just did not know it was called a mound visit. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, they put a limit on the number of mound visits uh, recently because they were just having so many mound visits. That, you uh, can't just hang out in mound town? No, no, no. <laughs> but you uh, can go to pound town. You can, yes. As frequently as you wish. <clears throat> so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes of this. Um, this so is, you said something yeah. like um, nobody was really surprised mm -hmm. about the Astros or or it's not like it's it's a relatively commonplace activity. Is it just um, that the Astros are really obvious about it? Well, I don't know that it's commonplace in the sense of like every team does it, but um, it brings it's up kind not, of my least favorite as... part about sports, which is like who can cheat the most without getting caught or without technically yeah. breaking the rules. Mm -hmm. um, and like I say, there is some, some amount of, you know, sign stealing or strategy that's involved in let's, can we figure out what the other team's doing here and, you know, sure. plan our game accordingly. Um, you know, so there's, there's kind of a gray area there. Um, did I yeah. answer your question? No, and I can, yeah, I mean, I can get that because, it seems to me that part of the strategy for being on the field would be to anticipate what the other team is doing. Yes. But you anticipate that by being on the field mm -hmm. and watching what's happening on the field and learning the other players. You don't do yeah. that by getting signals and, you know, text messages on your Apple Watch yeah. from the dugout. That's just shitty. Yeah. Yep. 
So yeah, we'll we'll see what comes of this. It'll likely be a fine, and we'll keep on going. Um, <laughs> Maybe they just need to remove all of the trash cans. <laughs> <laughs> they might after this, or just do like I don't well, know, plastic, flexible plastic trash yeah. cans. So that's an interesting question, though. Like, if you're a team that's playing the Astros mm-hmm. or another mm-hmm. team that you suspect is doing this, like what measures do you take in the visiting locker room to like try yeah. and yeah. mitigate this? Um, I mean, Fires definitely said that he warned, he was with the Tigers briefly and before mm-hmm. he came to the A's that they were doing this. So mm-hmm. the teams that knew, um, they started, uh, you know, if they knew coming in, they suspected that the Astros at home, I don't think anyone's accusing them of doing this on the road sure but we're doing this at home they would um have like rotating signs um mm. you know oh my gosh. be able to like change it up enough that mm-hmm. if they heard anything any indication right. or saw that you know the, the uh-huh. uh, batters were doing especially well they were able to change it up mm-hmm. wow yeah but this has implications because they did win the world series they won the world series in 2017 right. and that's the first year they're accused of doing this yeah, so. um, and they were called the mm. Lastros for a while, as as Ooh. yeah, recently as like 2014, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and there was speculation that they actually tanked part of their season so that they could get better Ooh. draft picks. Ooh. And unfortunately, it seems to have worked because mm-hmm. they did win the World Series in 2017. They went to the World Series this mm-hmm. time. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, the this cheating thing and the um, thing with their uh, their assistant general manager. Um, we'll take the shine off it enough that other teams won't attempt this strategy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's been frustrating. I know some Dodgers fans online were saying that because that's who they beat yeah, in yeah. 2017. Yeah, um, were proclaiming themselves the World the Series winners. champions of 2017. <laughs> fair. I mean, fair. yeah. It's interesting that we started out this this episode talking about the unwritten rules of sportsmanlike <laughs> conduct yeah. in baseball. And then now we have this fun cheating thing in yeah. the same uh, sport. Mm-hmm. Well, just mm. goes to show you that unwritten rules and norms of behavior only get you so far. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we haven't learned that from politics in the nope. last few years. It only works so <laughs> long as, uh, so we'll long as everyone it. agrees on them, and yep. the second somebody decides those don't apply to them, then it's all over. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, on Let's that not get too heavy. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody have any last-minute things they want to interject before I wrap up? Uh, I just want to say go Capitals, and I will be at the game tomorrow. They're playing the Ducks. Oh, Ooh. awesome. Uh, I'll just mention that like I've been watching a lot of figure skating stuff, so maybe I'll toss some of that on a blog, um, and we can talk about it in the future. Cause I oh, yes, been... please do going for a bit here but the very short version is that one of the figure skating main events of the year um, the isu grand prix is ongoing we're having our last qualifying events for it now um and it'll be in december so if you're at all interested in watching figure skating that's a good one to watch it'll be soon so and there's some cool stuff happening so i'll just and you can get it through the Olympic Channel. You on can Apple get it TV? through the Olympic Channel on YouTube TV. I'm sure there are other ways to watch YouTube it. TV. Okay. Um, and if you have NBC Sports, you can get it through that. Um, and yeah, so it's very fun. There's cool stuff happening. There's some really good uh, competitors for America and otherwise. Um, the ladies are landing more quads, which I think is really cool. That's yeah. really a developing. That's edge amazing. In women's figure skating. Um, yeah. So that's 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 my. Uh, that's my plug. 
Um, we, we, we do have a, a question that we need to prepare to answer next time. <gasps> yes, um, we do. I, I do need more time to yes. think about this one. <laughs> I also but need more time to think But the question was, yeah, which sports team mascots should date and what would their first date be like? Yes. That's so that's amazing. something we're going to be pondering for next time. Well, and we got to do some serious research on this because, like, we got to yes. pull up the mascots for, like, different sports, yeah. right? Yes. Because like, the answer can't just be Gritty should date himself <laughs> at, or Gritty should date Claude Giroux and, <laughs> you know, go on a, on What's a that? What's, it's the magic Atlanta... carriage ride through Philadelphia. <laughs> but it's like the Atlanta... Braves, I think, who have the like really weird mascot that's yeah. like it, it, or something. Uh, it looks like a little green alien. I don't remember what its name. Well, is. the Astros, um, what's his butt? The green one, yeah. yeah. And then the Atlanta Braves one looks like a knockoff of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that we'll have to like... look into some lineage so we're not, <laughs> you know, crossing any genetic streams that shouldn't be crossed here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean there are some weird weird ones. Like the the I'm looking at the Atlanta Braves one now. I don't know what his name is. Mm. Um but he looks like a he looks like a pale version of the Philly Fanatic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> and then there's 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 uh, this whole weird genre of like Muppet reject mascots. Yes. That is very <laughs> yes. strange to me. Yes. The, the Montreal yeah, the Montreal Canadiens have an orange one like this. Yeah. The Dallas Stars have a green one. Yeah. Honestly, he looks like the, the Philly fanatic without the nose. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely going to have to give this one a lot more thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think our short answer really is gritty plus everyone. But, yes. but we should come up with some actual <laughs> yes. answers yes. Yeah. for this. Yes. All right, well, we will give that the attention it deserves next time. Hell yeah, we will. Yes. More all questions. Right. Give us more questions. Yes, please send us all your questions. No question is too dumb. I can Boy, guarantee you. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, well, you can find us at uh, all the social medias, either uh, at foulpuckpod or at foulpuckpodcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, our email is at foulpuckpod or foulpuckpod at cast. Podcast. <laughs> Pod or pod? Foulpuckpodcast. <laughs> Rebecca, you take our this one. Email, <laughs> our email is foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Uh, our Twitter is at foulpuckpod. Our Instagram is at foulpuckpodcast. Our website is foulpuckpodcast.net? <laughs> Question yes. mark at the end? I think so, yes. I think so, yes. Uh, we'll get I this figured so out one of these days. Yeah. yeah. We tried to be consistent, but then we weren't. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it was hard to be consistent. Yes. Yeah. It was. It is. Yeah. Yes, confirmed. Foulpuckpodcast.net. Dot net. Excellent. No question mark. I love it. And that, that has list that has uh, links to all of our other things. Okay, great. Yeah. We were good about that. <laughs> Go team. All right. <laughs> so for this week, this is Rachel signing off. This is Nancy signing off. And this is Rebecca signing off. Thanks for joining us. Yay.